0: made a way. Amen. How many can say the Lord's made a way when there seemed to be no way? Well, we are are glad that you are here. And I know, um, as I said, Tuesday night, we have corporate prayer. We appreciate you being in the house of the Lord. And I I know that there will be people uh, (coughs) from a variety of walks of life and part of our church remotely that are possibly logging on and I know this may sound to you when I give the title of my sermon that it doesn't apply to all of us that are here on a Sunday morning but I uh, I'm thankful I'm in the house of the Lord and as brother Nick said on my on my worst day I would rather I would rather have a bad day in church than I would to have the best day outside. And so uh, we're glad Uh, we are growing apostolic legacy. We have a great history, great legacy, a lot of testimonies of God making a way. So I want to just take a few moments and um, uh, try to answer the question Is there a God? Yes, there is a God. And I know if I were to ask this group, we would all say, Yes. We would all say, Yes. What would we all say? Yes. Yes. Right. Maybe with a little more enthusiasm than that. Is there a God? Yes. Wonderful. We believe it and uh, we believe that in fact there is a God and we worship that God and all of those things but we have seen if you will more and more individuals that are feeling like they need to divorce themselves from that belief and uh, freedom from religion. They want to blame religion for the terrorist acts. They want to blame religion. The conservatives are, are the right wing are are all religious zealots. And anybody that believes in religion is is kind of bad. We can be one of those signs there says good without any gods. And um, you know. Uh, Another sign said, don't believe, join us. And uh, we are through with religion and as we've talked about churches and church attendance dropping and churches having to close and it's not just here, it's not just in, in, you know, you say, oh well, uh, we're blowing and going and we're having a great revival and we are having a move of God and people are, are being touched. But you know we're being hit with sickness and problems and situations and I know. Uh, it's, it, it, But there is a spirit in the world that is to separate from God. I would venture to say that if the people that we know in our lives that are in this community, in Newark, in this surrounding area, that have been in church at one time, went back to church, none of our churches could hold them all. I, I mean, it's not... And You say, well, people are busy, and I can do this, and I, you know, but I, I do believe there is a God. And yet, Jesus himself prophesied, if you will, in Matthew, the 24th chapter, and then many shall be offended. It's not today, is it? And shall betray one another. Has anybody ever felt betrayed? done wrong and hate one another anybody felt like well I just don't like them (laughs) and I'm offended and then he says not only that many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many and then he goes on to say because iniquity or sin shall get worse and worse that the love of many shall wax cold. And so, you know, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not being critical. I know some of y'all are still sleeping because you stayed up to make sure the bucks could beat the lions last night. And I don't know, there were 100,000 folks packed out in scarlet, I guess, in those stands and no COVID spread, and it was a miracle. But they were being very quiet, I'm sure. They were not there ready to brave the elements. It was a nice, heated, warm building. Huh? Oh, Pastor, don't get down on the bucks. You know, we love the bucks because iniquity shall abound. The love. But if I hope I don't ever lose my love for God and the house of God, I know it's sometimes when it's raining it's hard to sit here you know because of the rain and the cold and it's hard to get here and find a place to park and pay however much to park and have to walk through the rain to sit out in the rain I'm not down on it what I'm telling you is but we love them And, you know, they play every week, but we love them. My point is, Jesus foretold about a falling away in this end time. That we would, of course, you know, have a sense of more and more people identifying as atheists. And I know... You know, they talk about, and we have Veterans Day next week. Brother Keyes is here, and, and he and I were talking this week about Veterans Day next Sunday. And it's a fall back and all of those things. And I appreciate all of our veterans and all of those that have served in the military. And most of them will tell you that there's a thing called foxhole religion. That when you're in there under fire and when things, the bullets are flying and when things are happening, it's like, oh Lord, I need to make sure I know who you are and I need to get acquainted with you. And so... When you stop and think that we're living in an hour where it's easy to get offended, it's easy to be betrayed, it's easy to hate, it's easy to follow a false prophet, and then iniquity shall abound. It's easy to get caught up in all kinds of behaviors and sins and iniquitous behavior that you don't need to do. And so we've all seen a great falling away in Christianity as a matter of fact I believe it was President Obama who plainly declared that America is really no longer a Christian nation. We are a nation that we have a lot of different people that worship a lot of different gods and you're you're trying to tread on toes and we're not we're not there and I I'm not trying to make a political statement today but I understand the hour that we're living in if it ought to wake us up those that are awake to say look the lord prophesied this this is not something new. He said in the last days, earthquakes and, and, and all kinds of things, but many are going to be offended. And this is the hour in which we live. It's the time for us to stay on fire and full of the love of God like never before. Hallelujah. And I know all of us in times of great pressure, in times of stress, in times of trials, times that we're disappointed, disappointment, or even, even the 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 times, I don't know, that, that we feel like we're being punished or we're being corrected for our sinful ways. It's easy, to, you know, to doubt that there is a God. It's easy to lose sight under pressure and I I read a scripture I put a scripture there in Isaiah where Isaiah said and these were people that they had sinned they had done wrong the Lord was going to send them into captivity they were being punished they had not followed God for a long time and 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 Isaiah said truly thou art a God that hides thyself O God of Israel the Savior Have you ever felt like, and I've heard the expression, you know, the heavens are brass, and I pray, and I bombard, and I just don't feel anything, and I don't, I just don't know, I feel like I'm in a box, and I can't get, break through. Anybody been there? The more you're under pressure, the more you're all of that. And I, I know Job and I'm not going to preach about Job today because he's a, an amazing story and we've studied it and you you understand it but Job was a very godly, God fearing man that, that worshipped that gave, that tried to make sure his family was, was doing right, he was prosperous, he had all, all these things and all of a sudden just in the space of a few hours in a few days he lost all of his money, he went from having a lot of money he went from having a large bank account he went to being wiped out totally being totally wiped out his servants gone his cattle gone his camels gone that would be enough to make you doubt God but it wasn't but just an hour or so later and in walks another servant and says your children are all dead all ten of them oh I, I, you know, you know, as a parent, harder for me to see them go through something, huh? Well, oh God, that's not right. I don't want my kids to go through it. And imagine they walk in, not you know, pray for them. They're sick, not well. They they've got a problem. Not one child, not two children. But you have 10 children and all of them dead in one moment. Wow. <laughs> and then your friends all come by and say, it's pretty obvious, Job, you're, you're, you're a sinner. I mean, anybody lose all their money? all their kids it's pretty obvious to me you're being punished God is whipping the fire out of you (laughs) boy that'll make you feel good won't it God bless you we love you but buddy you better correct what you're doing and then all of a sudden he skin worms and pain and excruciated his health is gone any one of those would be enough huh to make me doubt God any one of those would make me in a matter of a few moments to get hit with those kinds of blows bam 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 not to mention the fact that if you thought later that all of this was a game between God and the devil and you were the pawn praise the Lord I am the pawn huh I don't know that mentally I could make that leap. And yet Job started off. You read the book of Job. Powerful book. And he starts off by saying yet will I praise him. I'm going to hang on. I'm going to keep worshiping. And his wife says curse God and die. And he says I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But even Job If you read his book all in one setting, by the time you get to the end of it, he has reached his limit and he's pointing his finger at God. And he was saying, I am not guilty. I haven't done all these. I am telling you, if I had my day in court... If I could just talk to you and explain to you that this is not my fault. I am not. I I am telling you, God, if you would just listen, it's not me. And that's, he reached his breaking point. And God said, okay, Job, you want a day in court? First of all, I need to see if you meet the requirements to have a day in court. Can you make a snowflake? Just make one snowflake. For about two chapters, God just gives him one question after another. Can you put a hook in the devil's jaw? Can you, huh? What's going on, Job? You want to talk to me? You want to tell me how righteous you are? You want to tell me how good you are? And he, boom. What did Job say? I thought I knew about God. But I hadn't even seen the portion of God. Oh, God, forgive me. And then God turns his whole life around, restores to him, not just the ten children, but he gives him a new ten children. Not, not just what he had in wealth, but he doubles his wealth. Not just, a, what What are you saying? I'm here to tell you that I'm talking about. It's easy to reach a point where you go, God, where are you? Are you hiding? But you know what? Hang on. It's all right. I'm here to tell you. Is there a God? The the answer is yes there is a God no matter what you're going through no matter where you are always know there is a God there is And I'm here to tell you, he knows what you're going through. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews it says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast the profession, our profession. What is that? For we have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. He knows what you're feeling. He knows where you are. He knows when you're suffering. He knows what you're doing. But it doesn't stop there. He says, therefore, let us come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and get help and grace to help in the time of need. When you are being pummeled, you've got to say, I'm going to come boldly into the presence of God because I still believe there is a God. say, well, I've never reached that point. Well, Jesus reached it. I don't know if he was singing and quoting Matthew 22, I mean Psalms 22 or what, but when Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Before that he had prayed, let this cup pass from me. So We have a high priest that knows what it is to feel all of a sudden, all alone and, and isolated. But that doesn't make me not believe God. Because you see, no matter how much you feel alone, no matter how much you feel like the heavens are brass, no matter how much you wonder, where are you, God? Are you hiding? It's not the same as not believing. Don't, Ever lose faith in that God exists. There is a God. There is a God. I may not be able to feel him right now, but I know he is there. I may not be able to feel like I can touch him, but he is there. And he said he would never leave me nor forsake me. I am not, I may not believe, I don't understand, but I do know there is a God. Because you see, if you stop believing in a God, it all of a sudden opens up a whole can of worms. A whole bunch of questions. For instance, and if you're an atheist, you have to somehow believe that nothing could create everything. Amen. Some single cell had to make all of this. if there's no God right some single cell split but then where did the single cell come from well a big bang Well, who made the bang (laughs) who dropped dishes made the crash if there's no God then how did life begin how did human life develop on the earth how, how do you account for this supercomputer that's inside every one of our cells called the deoxyribonucleic acid huh Amen. well that just sprung up how do you explain human consciousness there's no God why is there a conscience Well, it's just a part of the evolution of, no, you see, if you believe it all came from just random, then you have to believe that my life has no specific destiny. Because it's just random that I'm here, it's random that I met you, it's random that everything is random. Huh? You have no destiny, you have no specific purpose. What is your purpose? You don't have a purpose. Just live and do and till you die. And the sad part about it is if you believe that, you have no will, you have no free will, you have no choice, because everything's just bouncing off of everything else. Right? It's just random. And I I, I, I can't change. I can't, if I have a feeling that I want to knock somebody in the head, well, I, I don't have any control. It's just a, right? I can't help it. I don't know why. It just came in my mind. Take this article of clothing off the shelf. Walk out with it. I, it's a great defense. The attorneys will help you get through it. (laughs) Couldn't help it. I just saw a river and a border and I thought I'll cross here. So I don't know. My mind is then this result of endless evolution. It's all trial and error. Right? Just... I tried it and you don't like that for me to just take something? You didn't like for me to slap you? Oh, well, okay. Just giving it a try. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's got to be that way. If there is no God that established no laws. and, And nothing can intervene in my life once I was raised in a family if they drank or if they did drugs or if they were abusive well that's my that's my reference point I can't do anything about that it's the way it is and I mean you know if you were raised uh, the keys talk about the origin of their name they held the town keys well then that's You have the keys that's the way it is and you can't work in a dentist office you can't work at Rockwell you can't do anything you gotta walk around and go I hold keys give me your keys I want to hold them that's what our family is there's no no way to break out of that because everything is random And yet the difference between that and a believer, a believer believes that I was created in his image and in his likeness. Therefore I can think, therefore I can love, I can hate, I can have feelings, I can be touched, I can worship every thought. Every action is consequential. It's not random. The Bible says I'm going to be held accountable for every thought, every deed, every action. If there is no God, I'm not going to be held accountable for anything. I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. And I can't help it. That's just the way it is. And you see, that's where a believer knows a few important things. Number one, God can change things. Prayer works. I could go around here row by row and ask you about prayers because I know we're all believers. Say, have you ever seen God move and work? absolutely God touch we're, we're here brother Richard Lacey told me I think it's been a year is that right that he's been clean for a year been free from alcohol just this last week you wonder why he's up here most of the most of the services in the altar with his hands right because he believes that prayer works God can change me. I was raised with an alcoholic father. I have a brother that died of a drug overdose, but I know a God that is able to set me free and to change my direction and to break the bonds of sin for me. There is a God and an afterlife where God will punish wrongdoers and reward believers, and I believe that. Bible says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a that diligently seek him. Believers believe that I have a free will and I can choose the direction of my life. I am not some random soup of molecules that has no ability to alter my destiny. Believers know, you know what? God is able... To change and make me a new creature in Christ Jesus. Oh, I can consider what what is reality and what is good. In other words, I I am able to consider what is reality. No matter what the doctors say here, I can still say, Lord, whose report will we believe? God, you are still able. I don't know how you're able, but we were able. We have Brother Tracy Keys who's supposed to not make it. To October, and he's here, you know, he was here yesterday singing on the stage. What are you saying? I'm telling you, we know a God that is able to do the impossible, that is able to do the miraculous, that is able to change reality. I don't care what the doctors say, what the lawyers say, what anybody says. If God stops Because of God, I have hope. Because of God, I have purpose. Because of God, I have meaning in my life. Because of God, I can find fulfillment and know that redemption is available. Oh, you say, well, but why doesn't prayer always work? Because you say prayer works. Why doesn't it always work? And the Bible seems to make you think, if you read some of the verses... That prayer is just, boom, you pray and it's going to happen. But you got to really look at this well and understand the principles that are here. As a matter of fact, when, you know, you look through the Word and it says, Matthew, the seventh chapter, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. He who knocks, the door is open. Your heavenly father, you know, and then he goes into this story about your heavenly father. He's better than an earthly father. An earthly father, is he going to give a child a, a snake? Is he going to give him a stone? No. How much better is your heavenly father? And then he says, I'm telling you, your heavenly father heavenly father is better than an earthly father and then John says truly truly I say unto you he that believeth on me the words of Jesus out the works that I do shall he do also in greater works and these shall he do because I go unto my father and whatsoever you ask in my name whatsoever you ask in my name that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son if ye shall ask anything in my name I will do it how many believe that and why do we keep praying for some of the same ones over and over and over because prayer should be this big red button that when I push it, kaching, out comes what I've asked for. Verily, I say unto you that if two of you agree, touching anything, they shall ask, and it shall be done for them. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, and yet our prayer list gets longer and gets longer and gets longer. We. We put it on the board and we have it on the back. In fact, the white helped us. He said, you know, I can't keep them straight. Is this August prayer list or June's prayer list or July? So we started putting the month on it because here it is, prayer list. Why do you keep doing that? Why do you keep praying? Why Where's God? I thought he said, if you ask, it's going to work. And then what you have to do is understand that the Lord taught a parable about some of this. You remember Luke, the 18th chapter? And I don't want to go into all the detail of it and read all the verses, but he taught this parable. If you remember, it was about uh, a man. He said, here's how he started off. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. And then he told the story of of an unjust judge, remember? And a widow. And that widow woman kept coming to the unjust judge. Kept coming Sunday after Sunday, Monday after Monday, Tuesday after Tuesday, whatever day it was, and kept saying, avenge me of my adversaries, avenge me of my adversaries. And the Lord, comparing himself to an unjust judge, says these words hear the words of the unjust judge this widow troubles me by coming continually and she wearies me and he says shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him though he bear long though he bear long though he bear long with them I tell you he will avenge speedily but it doesn't feel very speedily when I'm going through it anybody testify to that It doesn't feel fast. But the key question Jesus said. Is nevertheless. When the son of man cometh. Shall he find. Faith. On the earth. What are you saying? Will there be somebody that says. I don't know where the answer is. But I'm telling you there is a God. And he is still able. I don't know why he hasn't answered today, but I still believe there is a God and he is still able. I don't know why the answer didn't come the first night I prayed, but I still believe there is a God and he is still able. Like the three Hebrew boys that looked at the king and said, oh king, we don't hesitate to tell you. We don't know. We don't know if we're coming through this fiery furnace, but one thing we do know is our God is still able he is still able he is still able he is still able you see, sometimes we read these stories like in the Old Testament in Genesis where it says, 25th chapter, Isaiah was 40, 40 years old and he took Rebekah the wife uh, and, and the daughter and he, he says he prayed entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord was entreated of him and his wife conceived and bare a child. Whew! We think that was immediate. You know how old Isaac was? I mean, how old Jacob, how old Isaac was when Jacob and Esau were born? Read on down in the 25th chapter. So either she carried them for 20 years. (laughs) Wasn't that a miracle? We don't read the backstory. He prayed. She had two. She had twins. I believe he kept praying every weekend. Oh God, bless my wife bless our family. Touch us, Lord. He was 60 years old when these children were born. What are you saying? Simon Peter explained it. You read the New Testament. Simon Peter said it like this, Wherefore in ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ whom you have not seen yet you love. You love him. You love his house. You love the people of God and whom you see not yet you believe and rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory receiving the end of your faith the salvation of your soul why are you rejoicing why are you acting crazy why are you doing this because I'm in heaviness through manifold temptation. And I want to make sure I keep reminding myself and everyone around me, I still believe. I still believe. James said it like this Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trial of your faith worketh patience, and let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And then he goes on and says Blessed is a man that in Temptation for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life. You say, Well, I've been tempted to smoke, I've been tempted to drink, I've been tempted to drugs. I understand those are real temptations. Been tempted to murder a few people, I understand real temptation. <laughs> I've also had a few temptations to not believe. Had a few temptations to curse God. I've also had a few temptations to stop worshiping, stop rejoicing. I don't feel like it. I just don't know if it's worth it to get up and come and be in the house. Huh? You ever been I know the Bible says forsake not the assembling, but you know what? I've had a temptation that I just don't know if it's all worth it. It's time. Take your coat off and say, you know what? There's going to be a falling away, but bless God, I still believe. I still believe. I still believe you got to be in the house of the Lord. I still believe it's important to worship. I still believe it's important to pray. I still believe. You say oh pastor I don't know that, That's a little bit radical for me Well he, Paul said it like this We have the peace of God Through our Lord Jesus Christ Rejoice in hope of the glory of God And not only so But we glory in Knowing that tribulation works patience And I don't like that I don't want patience because, you know, we blame Job. Job had, you know, got patience. Patience, experience, experience, hope. Hope makes not a shame. Why? All of that is supposed to shed abroad the love of God in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. I ought to be more in love with God yes. Amen. now than I was a year ago than I yes. was to you. I ought to be more in love with the house of God now than when I was a kid and enjoyed coming to Sunday school. I ought to be more in love with the Word of God now than whenever I first got the chance to read it. Oh, why? Because the love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Let me. I I know I'm I'm quickly going to go here. James said it. We desire to have and cannot obtain. We fight and war and have not because you well I already asked for that I don't need to ask anymore the Lord said hear the words of the unjust judge if you've ever needed to pray for your children for your family for your body it's time to do it again why I'm gonna cry day and night Oh, you say, Pastor, that's a little radical. That's, uh, you know what? Yes. There were a bunch of folks that didn't get to go to OSU games at all last year. Why did anybody show up this year? They still had a love, Huh? 1 John, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know we have the petitions that we desired of him. What are you saying? Gee, I know it's not easy. As a matter of fact, Jesus told the story of a, of a man who had a boy who was self-destructing. Remember in Mark the ninth chapter, the kid would fall down and he would foam at the mouth and he would roll over into the fire and he was trying to hurt himself all the time you remember he brought the little boy to the disciples and says can you help my boy I need you to help my boy he says he's been a child he's, he's, he's acting like he's full of the devil or something I don't know what's going on with him he's crazy he's got fits he's, he's foaming at the mouth slobbering rolling around in the fire hurting himself do something And the disciples, oh, I don't know how they prayed. They didn't pray in Jesus' name. I don't know what they said. Come out, be gone, do. Huh? Remember the story? It's us here this morning. Just us. Not, Not any people that don't know the Bible. Huh? And Jesus turns to the guy and said, if you can believe we can get rid of this (laughs) and if you got faith if you can believe all things are possible to him that believe and the guy was like what and he started calculating in his mind I don't know if I can believe. And he began to cry, and began to sob. And out of his gut came these words, Lord, Lord, I believe, but you've got to help my... Have you ever reached that point where you believe? But you feel like I'm doubting it. huh? that's where you keep coming back to God Jude said it in the first chapter only one chapter in the book of Jude in the 22nd verse and of some have compassion making a difference on some have compassion if you read that in the original Greek and interpret it out it's more like the amplified classic it says on some have mercy that waver and doubt and I know James said you know uh, unstable able man that wavers. But you know what? All of us have had times when we've just been bombarded and we're saying, I don't know. But you know what? You've got to say, Lord, I still believe that you exist. I still believe that you are able. I still believe in a God. I still believe. I'm not going to stop being a believer. I'm not going to stop being a believer no matter what's going on. I know in whom I believe. And I don't know why. I, I get amazed. The stories. In my this is my last verse. My wife can come. Singers can get ready. We're just going to have a profession service in a moment. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're just going. If you're a believer, I'm going to ask you to come. I know if you can't come because of mask and don't want to be around people that's fine just raise a hand if you can't raise a hand just in your mind I want you to start looking up to heaven because we're we're going to claim the profession of our faith I am still a believer I am still a believer and I don't understand why why things don't happen the same way why some people the Lord just comes down whap. you remember Zachariah the father of John the Baptist, the angel Gabriel, shows up and says, Zachariah, you're fixing to have a son. You know what Zachariah said? I just want to tell you what the doctors know, <laughs> what my neighbors know, or what my family know. What everybody around me knows is I'm old and my wife is old. How's this going to happen? How shall this? He says here, I'm an old man and my wife is well stricken in years. And you know what the angel Gabriel says? Well, wow, you're not going to say another word until right. after the baby's born. Whew. Six months later, that same angel, Gabriel, read it carefully, Gabriel came and appears to Mary and says, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And Mary says I'm gonna tell you what I know, what my parents know, what my neighbors know, what everybody around me knows is I'm a virgin. I've never been with a man. How will this be? And the angel says, well, let me explain it to you, Mary. There is the Holy Ghost that's going to overshadow you. And that thing that's born in you shall be called the Son of God. And, by the way, your cousin Elizabeth is also about to give birth. You need to go see her. Now, why did Gabriel shut Zechariah's mouth... the whole full explanation to Mary? It's a good question. I don't know the answer. Let me tell you my guess. I'll just give you my guess. Because Zachariah was a priest. He knew what it was to come into the presence of the Lord. And he knew he, were offering, he was offering incense to God. He was doing worship to God. And so basically the angel said, I don't have to explain anything to you, boy. You know how to worship, and you know it's God talking to you poor little lady had never been in the temple. She had never been past the court of women. She had never been inside the presence where you offered incense. That's a whole other story. That's why I know sometimes God takes people that don't know anything and he just answers and he gives them every explanation and they got it all figured out. But those of us, we feel like I don't understand it all. But I want you to know it's still up to us to say, I believe. I believe. I believe. Lord, help my unbelief. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Who told the sun where are to stand in the morning? Is there a God? Who told the ocean you can only?